Okay. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. Let's get started here. Uh, I, I do want to back up in the in the Hebrews chapter ten, but we're going to look at eleven. But this is so fantastic, and it goes against sometimes our deepest roots in our Christianity and traditions that we have grown up with because in the Bible Belt, we got this kick them out of the church mentality. I mean, you're not coming to my church no more because you're going to hell. Why? Well, because they, uh, let me tell you what they did. Well, so you have to go get to another church that doesn't believe, you know, that you're going to go to hell because you committed some sort of sin. We have, we have Christians and even... The, your favorite, I mean, you have these thoughts yourself at your favorite church, whatever it is. And, and you'll think you have crossed the line with Jesus because you have committed some sort of sin or whatever. I mean, major, minor or whatever. We've got people in the Bible Belt in Alabama that believe that once you accept Jesus Christ, if you ever sin again, you are lost. <clears throat> now watch this. The, uh, Hebrews chapter 10. And I want to say this again about the book of Hebrews. Oh, it's all about your high priest. And you have a high priest because we have failings, because we make mistakes. Okay. And Jesus uh, didn't just die for our sins before we met him, and then now you're on your own. If you ever blow it again, you're in trouble. No, he's always going to take care of your sins. It's lack of reading your Bible if you don't, if you don't understand that God forgives you for your shortcomings. And the reason we need to know this is because when you get on your knees in time of prayer and you need a miracle or whatever, You'll probably get up and say, well, yeah, don't bother because I'm just not as good as Melody or whatever. It's always we're not as good as somebody else. Why is it when we don't get when we get in prayer? Why don't we think the opposite? You know what? If anybody's going to get their prayers answered, I am. Well, that's what we should feel. And it's because of Jesus, not because of our own goodness. But you can smell the unbelief. Why is it that we always think he's not going to do a miracle for us? So we always want to change that. But watch this. Hebrews 10, verse 1. The old system of Jewish laws gave only a dim foretaste of the good things Christ would do for us. And I'm reading from the Living Bible, but you can see these things in the King James just as well. The sacrifices under the old system were repeated again and again, year after year. But even so, they could never save those who lived under, look at that, their rules. So why would we want to put ourselves under more rules even today? If you read the book of Colossians, which I would love to just do right after this one. You know, it's, uh, there's all kind of rules that uh, you see in Colossians chapter 2 and Paul's writing there and he says, you're not going to be able to be saved by keeping all these rules. But anyway, chapter 10 wraps it all up by saying that you come, you come <clears throat> into the holy of holies by a new and living way. Uh, let's see where that is. Uh, oh, oops, I passed it, didn't I? One second. Here it is. Uh, look at verse 19. So, dear brothers... That means all of us. Now we may walk right into the very, look at this, holy of holies. Remember chapter 9 described the tabernacle. I mean, you just couldn't go back behind that veil. Well, now you can. Something happened. And just like mom was saying just a minute ago, because of the blood of Jesus. This fresh and new life-giving way. Okay, now he's saying, now don't go back to Moses. Don't go back to believing that, uh, you know, you're going to get to heaven some other way. This is the only way. All right, so now he goes right into the 11th chapter. And in the 11th chapter, we got all the way down to Moses here. Let me skip ahead just a little bit. Maybe we won't get too dizzy. All right, so let's just take it from verse 23. Hebrews 11, verse 23. Moses' parents had faith too. In this chapter, it's person, 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 faith, faith, faith. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Your faith matters. It matters. And this is daily faith. We all know we're going to heaven. We've got that one covered. 
But notice this. Moses' parents had faith too. What? So they would go to heaven? No. Pharaoh wanted every child killed. And Pharaoh's parents said, I'm not doing that. I'm going to protect my child, Moses. When they saw that God had given them an unusual child, they trusted that God would save him. Now, here's what they did. They trusted God would save him. Now, today, we got people saying, well, let's just wait and let's just see what the Lord wants to happen. No, you need to trust that God will save you. You get bit by a black widow. You get bit by this and that. And today, we got people worried about mosquito bites and things like this. I, you know, you're... You're going to drive yourself insane if you do not learn to trust the Lord concerning physical problems, ankles, headaches, whatever. You've got to trust the Lord. I mean, you're never going to come up short and ask God for something that he doesn't have. He's got it. That he would save him from the death the king commanded, and they hid him for three months and were not afraid. Hmm. It was by faith that Moses, now Moses' turn. When he grew up, he refused to be treated as the grandson of the king. Remember, he's an Israeli. He's an Israelite, and he knew all about the Israelites, but now he's, what? remember, his, his stepmother was Pharaoh's daughter. Remember that? She's the one that found him. I want to keep him. I don't want him to die. Okay. But anyway, Moses said, you know what? I'm an Israelite. And he chose to share the ill treatment with God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Remember, at that time, there was a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. Remember, Joseph was vice Pharaoh, you know. Great, great, great grandson of Noah, you know, great, 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 great on down the line. All of a sudden you've got uh, an Israelite there who's now next to the top. And so uh, everybody was doing great until Exodus chapter one. It says that uh, there was a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. Oh, buddy. Now all these people, they were told to kill all their kids. So they're all being thrown into the Nile. And that's the reason Moses' parents said, nope, we're going we're gonna to protect this child. Now Moses is growing up going, you know what? I see how Pharaoh's treating my <clears throat> family over here, my, you know, all the Jews, and I don't like it. So anyway, when he grew up, he refused to be treated as the grandson of the king. He chose to share the ill treatment with God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought that it was better to suffer for the promised Christ than to own all the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking forward to the great reward that God would give him. And it was because he trusted God that he left <clears throat> the land of Egypt and wasn't afraid of the king's anger. Moses kept right on going. Uh, it seemed as though he could see God right there with him. Now, this is not hard. Remember the story? He was trying to help one of his Israelite buddies, his brothers, whatever, you know. And Moses, you know, Moses was... He was all but an Egyptian, but he was an Israelite. And he killed that, uh, oh, that Egyptian that was trying to make it hard on uh, one of the Israelites. And anyway, <clears throat> remember what happened there. Then two Israelites are fighting one day. You can read this for yourself. And, self in, uh, uh, not Ephesians, but Exodus chapter 1 and 2. Two Israelites are fighting and Moses walks up and says, Hey, you guys are brothers. Why are you doing that? And they've... Bark back at him and go, well, you're going to kill us like you. you killed that Egyptian the other day. And so Moses fled the country. He thought, well, I'm getting out of here. But you see here, there was fear and there was trouble and things. And, but still, uh, Moses, you know, he trusted God when he left the land of Egypt. And he wasn't afraid of the king's anger. And then, of course, that's when we start hearing about the burning bush. Remember, he saw a bush burning, but it wasn't, it wasn't being consumed. So he strolled over there and all of a sudden God starts talking to him. So anyway, it's interesting that he says, seemed as though he could see God right there with him. Now, why do we have that? Because we need to be thinking the same thing. 
David said this, I have the set the Lord before me. He is at my right hand that I should not be moved. We have, there's, David never, ever, 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 ever in all of his writings said he saw the Lord. But yet he says it in the book of Psalms. What he was saying was like Moses was saying, I ha- he, could, he could see the Lord and you need to see the Lord with you too. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What else could we say? Uh, we could say First uh, John 4, 4, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. <clears throat> you know, we could say this right here. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He is right there with us. Verse 28, and it was because he believed God would save his people that he commanded them to kill a lamb as God had told them to and sprinkled the blood on the doorpost of their homes so that God's terrible uh, angel of death could not touch the oldest child in those homes as he did among the Egyptians. Verse 29, <clears throat> so all about trusting the Lord here. Uh, here we go. The people of Israel, whoops, passed it one second. The mouse going to catch up with me. Here we go. The people of Israel trusted God and went right through the, the Red Sea. I mean, do you see this is faith? No, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going through there. I mean, the walls are up on a heap. This is the reason it was not shallow water. You know, this was a real miracle. You read that story, the Israelites were being chased by Pharaoh's army. They got all the way to the water and oh no, Moses stood there and said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what we should be thinking. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to see God do a miracle. Quit thinking, well, see, can you imagine? This is what they were saying. <clears throat> they were being chased by Pharaoh. They got all the way to the water and they're going, well, I guess God brought us out here to die. We do the same things. We had a miracle last week. We need a miracle this morning. I guess, well, you know, I had a miracle, I guess, you you can sit there and talk yourself out of your miracle. I feel like a little stomach problem, you know. Well, he fixed all your stomach problems the other day, your back problems, other kinds of problems. He'll fix that too. Your faith matters. Remember the first part of this chapter, Hebrews 11, verse 1, says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 6 says without faith it's impossible to please God. So can you close your eyes and think about whether or not you're pleasing God today with all your problems and worries? You know, I know if I'm worried about it, I'm not pleasing God. Well, God, what do you want me to do? Trust him. And it's not roll over and just, I'm going to wait and see what happens. No, trust that God will give you what you need. You have enough sense to know, well, if it quit hurting, I'd feel better. Well, ask the Lord to make it quit hurting. You know, praise the Lord. Use your faith. So anyway, the people of Israel trusted God went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians chasing them tried it, they were all drowned. Wow. You know, I can see people being afraid of heights and stuff. If you walk through there, I'm not not walking through those walls of water. Well, these Israelites did. They said, we're going. We're going. And they went right on through there, you know, whatever. I mean, you want to get close to Jesus. If there's some things in your life that you're afraid of, just ask the Lord to help you. I tell you, you're going to be one of the happiest people on this earth, and that's what Jesus wants in your life. Verse 30, it was through faith that they brought down the walls of Jericho, tumbling down on the people after the people of Israel walked around them seven days as God commanded them. Wow. Remember Joshua, he told them to do this. God said, march around this thing every day for seven days, and on the last day, they went around it, I think, five or six or seven times, something like that. Verse 31, by faith, because she believed in God and his power, Rahab, God, this is a great story. Rahab was in there. All of Jericho knew they were toast. I mean, word got out. You know, they were on the internet. They had email. No, they didn't. But word traveled fast. They already knew 
Pharaoh was annihilated. They already heard that story about the death angel. Oh my goodness. The cows, the first cow died, the first son died, everything that had the first whatever died. It was horrible. All the plagues, word was out. Anyway, Jericho was scared. Anyway, there were two spies, remember, that Joshua sent over there, and they snuck in, and all of a sudden the town people heard they were there, and they were looking for them. Well, they were in Rahab the what? Uh, uh, excuse me? The, the what? I don't remember. Oh, I, God, you are just, God, we're going to kick you out of our church. I can't believe you have a story about Rahab the harlot, you know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. Notice it was by faith. Oh, she was trusting that one day Rahab the harlot would go to heaven. And God will take even a harlot to heaven. That's the story here. No, that's later. The story here is she and her family didn't want to get killed. This is so great. Now, you're only getting one verse here, but if you read this story in Joshua, it's chapter like five, six, or seven. I mean, before they went in there and attacked, Joshua held a meeting with all the soldiers and said, hey, listen, there's a room to the left when you go in there. That's Rahab. Everybody in that house, protect them. Do you think God will protect you? Well, he won't protect me because I'm a harlot. Well, if you think that way, you are toast. You are doomed. Rahab knew... If she trusted God, she would be protected. And you know what those spies said? The spies, before they were let down the window with a rope, because she protected them. She hit them in an upper chamber when the town people were trying to find them. Uh, anyway, uh, Rahab, uh, no, the towns, I mean, the, the two spies told Rahab, they said, listen, we can't promise that uh, everybody outside this room here is going to be saved. So you make sure you get all your kinfolk in this house, Okay. Now, these are two spies that have to go pass this to Captain Joshua, and Captain Joshua has got to agree. So do you see where faith really matters here? The two spies says, you make sure everybody stay in this room. And Rahab says, okay, I will. And Rahab, when she left, or when they left, had to go, oh, I wonder if they're going to do this. No, she just like, she treated it just like Noah. She built that ark. In other words, she said, you know, it's going to be like they told me. God's going to keep me safe. Now, would you call that daily faith? Yeah, that's the reason we got. That's the reason we make ourselves so miserable because we don't use any daily faith, you know. But thank God we're happy when we trust the Lord. Okay, by faith she believed in God and His power. Rahab the harlot did not die with all the others in her city because she, uh, uh, when they refused to obey God, for she gave a friendly welcome to the spies. Wow, verse thirty-two. This is what we're saying. Uh, how much more do I need to say? Let me scroll this up a little bit. Uh, it would take too long to recount. Now, I love this. Why would it take too long? Because that's the way our God is. We don't get one miracle a year. You're only getting one miracle a year because of our unbelief, if that's what's going on. Jesus could do their no mighty work because of their unbelief. Remember that? <clears throat> okay. So it would take too long to recount the stories of Gideon. Wow. Barak and uh, Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the other prophets. Uh, these all, excuse me, these people all trusted God, and as a result, look what happened. Won battles, overthrew kingdoms, ruled their people well, received what God had promised them, were kept from harm in a den of lions. Praise the Lord. <coughs> look what faith will do. Here's one. In a fiery furnace. Boy, what, what, were you, what if you were like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Of course, you would have already have known it. You can read this for yourself, Daniel 3. 
They said, we're not afraid to answer thee, O king. Remember, Isaiah had already prophesied about 150 years prior to that, so these young boys knew this. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. Anyway, some, through their faith, escaped death by the sword. Some were made strong again. Uh, after they had been, uh, made, excuse me, after they, uh, where am I at? If, after they had been weak or sick. I mean, why do I believe in healing? Well, mercy, if you read your Bible, God said, I'm the God that healeth thee. It's all over the place. The only place you don't hear about healing is when you get away from your Bible. When you get away from your Bible, you're going to start feeling bad, whatever, and you're going to start listening to what people think. Well, Jesus healed some, he didn't heal others. Oh, yeah, he just picked and chose, didn't he? And, he? and he gave his disciples power to pick and choose too, didn't he? No, he did not. He said, heal the sick is what he commanded the disciples in Matthew chapter 10. He said, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. He told his staff to do that. Okay, anyway, so anyway. Others were given great power in battle. They made whole armies turn and run away. Wow. Now, 35. And some women, through faith, received their loved ones back again from death. Wow. Remember Elisha? Uh, yeah, it was Elisha. Oh, this, I think that was the Shunam- Shunammite woman. Uh, her little, I think, 10-year-old or 12-year-old, he had died. And she ran to go get the prophet, and he did die. But anyway, you can read this for yourself. What do you think that was? It was faith. Why do you think that woman ran and got Elisha? This is in, it's in 2 Kings. It's just amazing to me that the Bible is so full of things that would make us say, you know what, I'm going to trust God. You need to throw away all your books about God answers yes, no, and maybe. Get rid of that thinking. If you're in trouble, you have a high priest. He's standing there before God, and he will assure you that your request is, is granted. Anyway, now watch this. But others trusted God and were beaten to death. Now notice this. Preferring rather to turn, uh, preferring rather, uh, no, preferring to die rather than to turn from God and be free. Some folks have read this in the King James. It makes it sound like, you know, well, sometimes it don't work. No, they were faced with, well, we're going to cut your head off if you love Jesus. What are you going to do? And they'll go, well, I'm going to love Jesus. I don't care what you do. Stephen in the Bible said that, you know, you know. Other people gave their life for Christ. James or whatever. Anyway, notice this. Trusting that they would rise to a better life and afterwards. Some were laughed at and their backs were cut open with whips and were chained in dungeons. Some died by stonings and some being sawed in two. Others were promised freedom if they would renounce their faith. Then they were killed with a sword. So see, this group here was faced with persecution. This group up here, they were not faced with standing there before, well, if if you serve Jesus, you know. No, it was different. You know the story. But anyway, look down here. Uh, Verse 38. Some went about in skins of sheep uh, and goats, wandering over the desert, mountains, hiding in dens and caves. They were hungry and sick and ill-treated, too good for this world. And these men of faith, though they trusted God and won approval, None of them received all that God had promised them, for God wanted them to wait and share the even better rewards. Notice that's an S right there. That were prepared for us. Now, what's he talking about here? Something happened when Jesus died on the cross. But this gets me. Everything that Rahab had and all these overcoming these battles, all these things in Hebrews, they're all mine today. And then Jesus is saying, oh, by the way, you've got it better. And see, some of us think that, the, oh, what he means by that is we have it better because we know I'm going to heaven. They all knew they were going to heaven. That's not what makes it better, praise the Lord. I tell you, remember, you've got to realize 
that this guy here, I'm pointing to Jesus at the door here, he's God. He's God in the flesh. And when he came down here, he actually went into the places where the sinners were and sat in there and ate with them like Zacchaeus. And Matthew, the tax collector, when he called him, he went to his house that night. The Pharisees were furious at Jesus, sitting there eating with the riffraff and the scum of this earth. And what that was, that was God and His people, God and His children, actually united together. So here we go right into the 12th chapter. I won't go far, but watch this. Since then we have a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands. Let us strip off anything that slows us or holds us back. Especially those sins that wrap themselves tightly around our feet and trip us up. And let us run with patience the particular race that's set before us. Now, does it sound like right here that God has fallen off his throne or will fall on off his throne if you make a mistake? No. All he says is, hey, I'm going to use my faith. And if I got things that are slowing me up, do your best to get rid of them. He says, here's how to do it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Yeah, I'd be great if we could see him. We just read the book of Hebrews chapter 11. It's by faith. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You've got to close your eyes and see Jesus as your high priest. In other words, he's the one that says, let, let Richard in. Jesus is always letting you in. He's the one that's always granting your request, saying it's okay, it's all right. He's with me. Keep your eyes on Jesus, our leader and instructor. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew would be his afterwards. And now he sits in the place of honor by the throne of God. I tell you what, we don't have a sad Jesus here. Notice how this joy is still connected with those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet. God is not tripping over this. I don't know if you remember or not, but Peter told the Lord, Oh, man, I'll die with you. I will die with you. He got mad about it. The rest of the disciples said, Yeah, well, I'll die with you. <laughs> but that night they scattered. Well, Peter snuck back in there and he was warming himself by the fire. And that, and that uh, servant girl for the high priest... She said, hey, you're one of them. You're a Galilean. I, I can tell it in your voice. Oh, I don't know him. And then many, later on, he denied him again. And they said, yeah, you are one of them. He began to cuss and to swear. And Luke's account says that Jesus looked over at him because the cock crew the second time. You know, a rooster crowed. Okay. And Peter went out and what did he do? He wept. He was crying about it. Well, yeah, we don't like the things we do. It messes us up. But let me tell you something. Those eyes that Jesus had for uh, Peter were not eyes of anger. He already warned him. He said, I'm telling you, you're going to deny me three times. And guess what? Jesus is telling us to, we're all going to go make mistakes. Don't worry about it. He's there for you. He He doesn't choke over this stuff. He doesn't. Verse 3. If you want to keep from becoming faint-hearted and weary, think about his patience as sinful men did such terrible things to him. After all, you've never yet struggled against sin and temptation until you sweat great drops of blood. Sounds like to me that some preachers, if we don't struggle to this point, we're probably not saved. Well, Richard, you're just not trying. You're going to hell. And the Bible says, we know you're not trying. Would it sound like here you just lost your salvation? No, it sounds like we could really work harder at this. And we will. But the important thing is, where is the condemnation? Maybe it's the attitude. We're supposed to throw an attitude. Well, after all, you have never struggled against sin and temptation until you sweat great drops of blood, kick you out of heaven. No, 
Uh-uh. He's on our side. This is the grand finale of the end of Hebrews right here. Wow. But anyway, and have you forgotten the encouraging words that God spoke to you, His child? Well, I'm definitely not His child if I've not worked against sin till I sweat great drops of blood. Oh, yes, you are. You're His child. Have you quite forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his, uh, His child? He said, My son, don't be angry when the Lord punishes you. Don't be discouraged when He uh, has to show you where you're wrong. For when He punishes you, it proves that He loves you. When He whips you, it proves you're really His child. Let God train you, for He's doing what any loving father does for His children. Who ever heard of a son who is never corrected? If God doesn't punish you when you need it as other fathers punish their sons, then it means you aren't really God's son at all. Oh, that you don't really belong to His family. You know, it's so funny. A lot of times we, we get the idea that this punishment here... oh. You know, this is, well, it didn't work. My car didn't start, whatever. That's not it. Use your faith for all that stuff. There's other things that matter. Things of the heart. You know, if you don't love your brother, you know, the Bible calls you a murderer. We get to thinking the road of hard knocks. You know, that's God punishment. No, it's not either. Mm -mm, More to it. Verse 12, watch this. So take a new grip with your tired hands. Stand firm on your shaky legs. And mark out a straight path, smooth for your feet, so that those who follow you, though weak and lame, will not fall or hurt themselves, but become strong. Try to stay out of all quarrels and seek to live a clean and holy life. For one who, uh, excuse me, for one who is not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other, so that not one of you will fail to find. Let me get down to the next verse. uh, Fail to find. God's best blessings. Watch out that no bitterness takes root among you, uh, for as it springs up, it causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. Watch out that no one becomes involved in sexual sin or becomes careless with uh, about God, as Esau did. He traded his rights uh, as the oldest son for a single meal. And afterward, when he wanted to get those rights back again, it was too late, even though he wept bitter tears of repentance. Oh, so remember and be careful. You have not had to stand face to face with terror, flaming fire, gloom, darkness, and terrible storm as the Israelites did on Mount Sinai when God gave them His laws. For there was an awesome trumpet blast and a voice with a message so terrible that God's people begged, uh, so that the people begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back at God's command that even an animal touched the mountain, it must die. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he shook with fear. Now remember what's happening here. This was the Old Testament here. And all the people when they came out from uh, Egypt, Moses went up on this mountain and he was gone for about 30 days. And there was lightning, thunder. And, it was, it was, and apparently here they could hear the voice of God and they were like, oh, this is it's scary. But now watch what's going to happen here. Something has changed. It's no longer... A Moses that gets access to talk to God. Watch this. But even in verse 21, God, Moses himself was so frightened at the sight, he shook with terrible fear. Now, is that supposed to be us today? No. Look at here. But you have come right up to Mount Zion, to the city of the living of the uh, excuse me of the living God. Now here we go. The heavenly Jerusalem, and to the gathering of countless happy angels. What's everybody so happy about? Think about it. These are those wonderful things. And to the church composed of all those registered in heaven, and to the God who is judge of all, and to the spirits of the redeemed in heaven, already made perfect. Jesus takes care of all this for us. Verse 24, and Jesus himself, who was brought us, excuse me, who has brought us this wonderful new agreement, and the sprinkling of blood, which graciously forgives 
instead of crying out for vengeance as the blood of Abel did. Just Jesus alone. We're about to finish this. We'll finish with 12 here. So see to it that you obey him who is speaking to you. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, how terrible our danger if we refuse to listen to God who speaks to us from heaven. Now, so far we see that God's on our side. He's just saying, stay with Jesus. Don't turn from him. Verse 26, when he spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But next time he says, I will not only shake the earth, but the heavens too. For this he means that he will sift out everything without solid foundation so that only unshakable things will be left. Since we have a kingdom, hmm, nothing can destroy. This is the kingdom of God. Let us please God by serving him with thankful hearts and with holy fear and awe for our God is a consuming fire. We got one more chapter, chapter 13, and we're done. But I mean, none of this is designed where I'm without God. No, I'm not without God. You know, if you, if you go back just a moment, the comparison here, the people were so scared to go to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai they were, it was, notice this, it, the people begged God to stop speaking. It was something that was so bad right there. Well, that's because God still had a curtain up between you and man. There was no, I mean, sin was our barrier right there. But right now we've got the blood of Jesus that has us purged the whole time. And so, verse 22, you can come right up to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the gathering of countless happy angels. Now, why are they so happy? Well, we should be just as happy. I mean, should it be sin? No, sin's not going to stop anything. Notice this in verse 23, uh, and to the church composed of all those registered in heaven. In other words, those that God found perfect. No, they were not found perfect. He's the judge of all and to the spirits of the redeemed in heaven already made perfect. See, he's the one that made us perfect. I mean, chapters uh, prior to this, remember even the priests couldn't keep from sinning. Jesus died for sins once and for all. It's forever done. The whole holies of holies is covered with the blood of Jesus. We just talk ourselves out of it is what our trouble is. And so chapters 11 is saying, and chapters 12, both of them are saying, listen, hold firm to your faith. Don't back off seeing that we have what? Uh, Since we have a kingdom, nothing can destroy. Let's please God by serving him with thankful hearts and holy fear and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Many times we like consuming fire. He's after me. (laughs) He's already dealt with your sins. He's not trying to consume you. He's not trying to ruin you. He's trying to help you. Rahab the harlot even knew that. She said, well, look, promise me. You go back and read that for yourself. Promise me that you'll keep me and my family safe. And those two spies promised. And then what was her responsibility from then on? Trust God. Just trust God. Now, wouldn't you think if you were in bed that night and you thought, well, how's this ever going to happen? Because, you know, I'm a harlot. (laughs) It's your faith. There's not anybody in this world that hasn't sinned and blown it. But God will protect you. Praise the Lord. We better stop. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed if we're not feeling good. Lord, we thank you. If we're having trouble financially, you'll fix that. You supply every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And Lord, if we're faced with any other problem, no matter what it is, it's just bothering us. We don't know how we're going to get out of something. We don't know how we're going to receive something. We have just got difficulties. Lord, you'll fix that too. You said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain you. 
Well, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others about Jesus. And that's what we're going to do in the name of Jesus. Amen.